Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Well, good evening. I was happy when they said unto me, come to Chicago Tab, because we're going to have church tonight. I am so thankful that I don't have to come and pump up anything. You came ready to pray, ready to praise, and ready to give God all the glory for all that he's doing in our lives. Pastor, I, I was in a very difficult meeting last night with a church board, and the board was asking me, what is wrong with the assemblies of God? And I asked them, what do you mean by that? And they said, well, we, we don't see signs and wonders, and we don't see God moving. All we see are dead churches. And I said, oh, no, you need to travel with me because I'm going to a place tomorrow night that is not a dead church. It's a place where signs and wonders are going on. Miracles are happening in this place. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. God is still on the throne. What a great place to be. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor, for the honor, the privilege of being with you tonight. Pastor said, come and, and join us on this prayer meeting night. I prayed, oh God, I want to bring a word tonight that will encourage. And I felt the Lord place a word in my heart, and he said this, I want you to bring a word to a group of hope-filled prayer warriors. Is that, is that who I'm with tonight? Is this a room filled with hope-filled prayer warriors? Are you waiting to see God move in your life? Is this a room filled with hope-filled church waiting for the Holy Spirit to just fall afresh and anew as he did in the book of Acts? Well, then I, I think I'm in the right place tonight. I'm with a group of hope filled prayer warriors. And I want to spend just a few minutes tonight, not a long time, just a few minutes looking at a passage of scripture. And I want to identify four characteristics of hope-filled prayer warriors. Turn to somebody, tell them this is going to be good. Go ahead, tell them this is going to be good. Open your Bibles, if you would, to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. Open your Bibles to Mark, chapter 10, whether you have a tree version or a mobile version, it makes no difference. Mark, chapter 10, and I'm going to begin at verse 46. Still hear the pages rustling, so I will wait just a second. Four characteristics of hope-filled prayer warriors. Beginning in verse 46, then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus was sitting by the roadside begging. 
When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Four characteristics of hope-filled prayer warriors. Number one is this. Hope-filled prayer warriors do not hide behind phony facades. If there is anything that really bugs me about the church is some of the small talk that goes on in the foyer before the service. Oh, how are you? Oh, I am just fine. Everything is going great. You know, it's like reading Facebook. You want to believe that everything is there is true. And your world is falling apart and you're hurting. And you are either afraid or you are embarrassed to tell someone what is really going on on the inside of you. Hope-filled prayer warriors do not hide behind phony facades. Look at the context of this story. It begins in verse 46. Then they, this is Jesus and his disciples, came to Jericho. It is the Passover season. And all males, 12 years of age and older, who lived in a radius of Jerusalem, had to go to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And so this was a festive time. And if you are a beggar, this is a great time to cash in. I mean, there are all kinds of people going by. They are all headed to Jerusalem. They are all headed to celebrate the Passover. And it says that there is a beggar there. Mark identifies his name. His name is Bartimaeus. Now, now let, me, let me just give you a little insight here. Bar means son of. Mark even says that in the gospel. Bar means son of. Timaeus is his family name. Timaeus means polluted. It means nasty. It means dirty. Here is a man who is blind and he is a beggar and his family name means polluted. It means nasty. It means dirty. He is a beggar, the lowest of the low. And he comes from Jericho all the way back in Joshua chapter 6. Jericho was condemned. It was cursed. Now put all this together. 
You've got a blind guy whose name means dirty and polluted and nasty coming from a condemned city. But when he hears that Jesus is coming by, he's saying, I'm not hiding here behind any phony facade. There is no plastic smile on my face. I'm going to let him know that I am here. I'm here to tell you, hope-filled prayer warriors do not hide behind phony smiles. They're not afraid to come forward and, and say, this is what is really going on. I know what I'm talking about. I've been there. Years ago, pastor, I, I was serving at, as a deacon at a church. And you know, when you serve as a deacon, you, you man, you've got to have your act together. Your kids have all got to have it together. And Have you ever noticed how on Sunday morning, nothing ever runs on schedule? Nobody gets up on time. Nobody's ready on time. And we lived about 30 minutes away from the church. And it was one of those Sunday mornings. Nobody's getting up. Nobody's moving. And I'm running through the house. I'm a deacon at the church. I'm running through the house. Hey, come on, hurry up. We got to get going. Get in the car. Everybody dress up. It was one of those Sunday mornings. The year was 1977. And I was driving a brand new 1977 Chevy Impala station wagon. That thing was a boat. I mean, it was huge. I had three little kids all sitting in the back seat. Of course, back then they didn't wear seat belts. And, you know, they would always jump from the middle seat to the third seat and back and over and at this particular moment we're driving down the road on Sunday morning and the three of them are in the back seat together and I begin hearing dad he's sitting in my spot mom he's touching me you know you've all been there all this is going on in the vehicle as we're going down the road I got so good at doing this I could drive down with one hand on the steering wheel and whack all three kids in the back at the same time. So I'm driving down the road and I go, whack, shut up back there. And I I just kept driving down the road. Now everybody's crying. Everybody's upset. And all this happens as I'm pulling into the church parking lot. And I'm saying, you guys, shut up and put a smile on your face. I got out of the car. I had a great big 30-pound King James Bible under my arm. I had three little kids in my hand as I'm walking up to the door. And there is the pastor of the church greeting people at the door. And I walked in and I went, good morning, pastor. This is a day that the Lord has made. Hallelujah, I'm going to praise him and shout his name. Come on, you've all been there. Life is a mess. Life is horrible. And we put on this plastic smile and we come to church and we let everybody know, oh, everything is great. I'm here to tell you this morning or tonight that hope-filled prayer warriors do not hide behind a phony smile. They're not afraid to come out. 
I don't care if I'm a beggar. I don't care if my family name is polluted. I don't care if I come from the worst part of town or the best part of town. I don't care what my background says because I've got a God who's able to take the old things and make them brand new. Hallelujah. I've got a God who is greater than anything I've come from. And he is a God who's doing it fresh every single day. I want to encourage you tonight, church, that when you begin to pray, pray as a hope-filled prayer warrior. God's not afraid by what you're going to tell him. God's not afraid to hear your feelings. God is not afraid to know your pain. Go back and read the book of Psalms. David was so honest with God. God knows exactly where you're coming from. He knows exactly what you're facing. Get rid of that victim mentality and forget the phony smile. But let God know, this is what I'm struggling with. This is where I'm at. Number two, hope-filled prayer warriors. Don't give in to the crowd. Hope-filled prayer warriors. Don't give in to the crowd. Watch this. Verse 47. When he heard, he couldn't see. But he knew something was happening. There was, there was more noise. There was something in the air. And Mark writes in verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Good verse 48. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. I'm here to tell you tonight that hope-filled prayer warriors are not drowned out by the crowd. Hope-filled prayer warriors don't take their cues from what everybody else is doing. Hope-filled prayer warriors are like the three Hebrew boys who said to King Nebuchadnezzar, listen, I don't care how hot you make that fire. I serve a God who is able to deliver me and I'm going to serve him. I'm not going to bow down to you. I'm not going to bow down to what society says. I'm not going to bow down to what everybody else thinks. I'm not going to bow down to what everybody else is telling me to do. I've got ears that are in tune with a great and God and a heart that is ready to follow him and I am not going to give up to crowd pressure shut up and be quiet no Jesus I'm here sit down and shut up no I'm standing up because I want Jesus to know I'm here I am filled with hope because he's a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than what I might even ask or imagine and I will not be quieted by the crowd. I, I, I love 
adult contemporary Christian music. And I've, I've come across a, a new song that just keeps going over and over and over in my head. It's, it's a song by, written by a guy by the name of Zach Williams. It's called Chainbreaker. Yeah. Some, some of you are familiar with it. I, I love the chorus. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel loss, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison-shaking savior. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker. I'm here to tell you tonight that the crowd's not going to quiet me down because I serve a God who is a pain taker. Hallelujah. I serve a God who's a way maker. I serve a God who's a prison shaking savior. He's a chain breaker and he's here to set you free. Oh, come on. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy. You're worthy, Lord. Can, can, can you imagine how Abraham would have felt? Can you imagine Abraham showing up at Babies R Us and some snotty-nosed, you know, 18-year-old clerk be bopping out? Saying, can I help you, sir? And Abraham's saying, yeah. I need a, I need a, what do you call those things? You know, a little, oh, a crib? Yeah, I need a, a crib. And, and I, I need one of the, you know, when you change diapers, I need, oh, you mean one of those changing? Yeah, I need a changing table. And, and how about, how about a, a stroller? Oh, sir. Your son is really going to be blessed as you buy this for him and his wife. Oh, no, 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 I'm not buying this for my son and his wife. Well, you must be buying this for your grandson. No, no. Well, you must be almost 100 years old. Yeah, I am. And I'm buying it for me and my wife because I serve a God who's given me a promise and I'm going to hang on to the promise that he's given me. And the world's going to tell me I'm too old. Men are going to look at me and say, there's no fire on the rooftop anymore. There's only ashes in the fireplace. But I'm going to say, listen, my God is that promise maker. He is the way maker. He is the prison shaken savior and he is going to do all that he said he would do. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be quieted by the crowd. I'm not going to be quieted by the crowd. I'm going to hang on to the word that God has given me. Can you imagine Abraham saying to his servant, you stay here because the boy and I are going up there to worship and we are coming back. Well, how are you going to do that? I don't know. He's got the wood and the fire and I got the knife and I don't know how it's going to happen. But I know this. I know what God said. He said my descendants would be as numerous as the stars. He said my descendants would be as numerous as the grains of sand. I'm here to tell you that we're going to go up there and we're going to worship and we're going to come back. I don't care if you don't understand it. I don't care if you can't comprehend it. I'm not going to allow the crowd to shout me down. I'm going to stand up and say, Jesus! I'm here. See, I, I, I think a lot of people miss out 
on what God wants to do in their life because they try to figure it out. I I need to figure this thing out. I got to tell you, there's a lot of things I don't understand. But it doesn't stop me from using it or doing it. I got this little thing around my ears and this little thing in front of me. And there's this little battery pack right here. And I go, hello, hello, hello. And somehow it goes from here to someplace. I don't know where. And then it comes back and it comes out someplace right up there. And you hear, how does that work? I don't know. But when pastor said, here, put this on, I said, okay. It, it doesn't stop me from not using it. I, I really got to tell you, man, I, I'm ashamed to mention this, but. When I put the little key in the thing in the car and I turn it, I got to tell you, I don't know what's going on. I really don't. You know, I go to car shows, Pastor, with some of my friends. And they all stand around the car with the hood up. Oh, look at that. That's a 440. That's a, you know, that's a double this and a double that. And I go, yeah, whoa. Look at that. Man, that is awesome. That's a 440 double. Wow, that is. Oh, man. If only I had one of those. I don't understand it. I know what it is, but it doesn't stop me from driving a car. Come on. See, we, we don't have to understand everything. That's why they call it faith. I mean, Pastor, I've never solved this one. Ann and I, as... I think you know, we're, we're originally from Vermont. We grew up in Vermont. And at the time, this has changed just a little these days, but when we were growing up, there were more cows than people in Vermont. <laughs> With all those cows all around me, I have to tell you, one of the biggest mysteries of all to me is how black and white cows can eat green grass and give white milk and yellow butter and chocolate ice cream. I don't understand it. But it doesn't stop me from eating it and linking it and drinking it. I don't have to understand everything. And there are those people in the crowd who want to understand it all and they're going to shout you down and they're going to tell you it will never work and it will never happen. I'm here to tell you tonight that I am a hope-filled prayer warrior and I'm not going to allow the crowd to shout me down. I'm not going to let the crowd discourage me. I'm going to stand on the Word of God and I'm going to believe what He has said. Number three, number three, hope-filled prayer warriors. Pray prayers that cause Jesus to stand still. Say that again. Hope-filled prayer warriors. Pray prayers that cause Jesus to stand still. Watch this. I'm not making this up. 
It's right here. It's in the text. Watch this. Verse 48. Many rebuked him, told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Look at verse 49. Jesus stopped. If you read it out of the King James, it says, Jesus stood still. Oh, my goodness. Hope-filled prayer warriors have a prayer that causes Jesus to just stand still. Causes him to say, shh. I hear the cry of a heart. I hear exactly what they're saying. Oh, I hear that need. He stands still. And he's ready to call your name. What what kind of prayer causes Jesus to stand still? I believe that it is a prayer wrapped with urgency and desperation and filled with possibilities. It's a prayer that is wrapped with urgency and desperation, but filled with possibilities. What I'm saying is let's not tell God how to be God. Let's say, oh God, I'm standing in this point of need right now. There is this urgency, there is this desperation within my heart. But I'm not going to tell you how to answer. I'm going to wait for you to move in mighty ways. Here's a trivia question. This is a test. There are only two miracles that are recorded in all four Gospels. Only two that are recorded in all four Gospels. What are they? Number one should be easy. Come on. The resurrection. Yeah, the resurrection is recorded in all four Gospels. Paul even writes to the Corinthians. He says, listen, if Jesus was not raised from the dead, then there is no resurrection. And if there's no resurrection, then guess what? Our faith is useless. I believe that's why the Holy Spirit put it on the heart of all four of the gospel writers to record that event in all four of the gospels. But there's one other miracle that's recorded in all four gospels. It's not one that I would have chosen to record in all four gospels. But apparently, the Holy Spirit wanted us to grasp a truth out of that miracle. Anybody guess what it is? It's the feeding of the 5,000. The feeding of the 5,000 recorded all four Gospels. Jesus said, guys, we've been together all day. You've been out doing ministry. I've been teaching all day. It's been a long day. And one of the disciples, who didn't exactly have a gift of hospitality, said, yeah, it's about time to tell these people to go home. 
And you're not going to read that in the King James. That's the Blanchard interpretation, but there it is. Yeah, it's about time to tell these people they ought to go home. Jesus said, no, no. Listen, we can't tell them to go home. We haven't fed them yet. And they said, are you crazy? We don't have enough money to feed all these people. And why do we want to feed people we don't even know? Tell them to go home. Jesus said, no, we're going to feed them. He said, you know what? It's getting late. And even if Walmart were still open, they wouldn't have enough food to feed all these people. Jesus said, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out in the crowd and I want you to see what they have. So the disciples ran out into the crowd and they come back with a little boy who had a happy meal. And Peter's or Andrew says, I was looking all over and I found this little kid with a happy meal and here he is. Jesus says, what's in your happy meal? And he pulls it out, a couple pieces of bread and a few five fish. And Jesus said, great, I can work with that. Hang on here, hang on. Remember my point. Hope-filled Prayers are those that cause Jesus to stop. And I said, those are prayers that are wrapped with a sense of urgency and desperation and filled with possibilities. I believe oftentimes we fail to see our prayers answered because instead of holding things out with an open hand, we hold it with a closed fist. Now, the gospel writers tell us that there were 5,000 men there that day. That's not counting the women and the children. Probably close to 15,000 altogether. Now, I have a difficult time comprehending that in a crowd of 15,000, there was only one little kid with a Happy Meal. I am so convinced of that that I believe there's more food in this auditorium tonight than Scripture records was there that day. Now, come on. I'm going to ask you to be honest with me. How many of you have food with you that you can consume? Come on. Let me see a show of hands. We're, hey, listen. We're, we're going to pray to break that spirit of lying and deception afterwards. What, what, what do you have with you? What, what do you have with you? Just, you don't have to show it to me. Just Oh, you got a lunch. She's got a bag lunch. All right. What else does somebody have? I, I see a hand over here. What do you have? You don't have to show it to me. Just tell me what it is that you have. Granola bar. Granola bar. All right. We got granola bars. What else do we have? What does somebody have over here? Come on. Uh, there's somebody over here. You, yeah, what do you have? Chips and dip. Chips and dip. <laughs> Woo! All right. Super Bowl party time. Hallelujah. How about over here? What do we have over here? Yeah. Uh, Mints. Okay. Well, we need mints afterwards. All right. How many of you have candy? Come on. Let me see. Candy. All right. Hey, there's enough food in this room. I believe we could have a party. But in that crowd of 15,000 people, one little kid, hope filled prayer warriors 
pray prayers that are wrapped with urgency and desperation and are filled with possibilities, which means I have to hold it out this way. Because when I don't, when I want to tell God how to be God, I miss out on what he wants to do. So when I define those prayers as prayers that are wrapped with urgency and desperation and filled with possibilities, what I'm saying is this. It's the kind of prayer that takes my not enough and puts it in the hands of a God who's more than enough. Come on. Come on. Give him praise. Come on. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. You see, when I, when I take my not enough, God, I'm not enough for my marriage. I'm not enough for my children. God, I'm not enough for this. I don't know how to do it, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm going to take my not enough, and I'm going to put it into the hands of a God who is more than enough because you are all sufficient. You are the healing God. You are the way maker. You are that prison-shaking Savior. You are the chain breaker, and I'm going to allow you to do it in my life hallelujah pastor I'm watching the clock on the back and I said I'd take 20 minutes and I've taken 25 I've got one more point should I go home no hey listen if you're too tired in the morning don't blame it on me. Blame it on your pastor. <laughs> he told me to keep going. He told me to keep going. One more point. I'll get it out real quick. Hope-filled prayer warriors know how to respond. Hope-filled prayer warriors know how to respond. Watch this. Verse 49. I love verse 49. It's one of my favorites. Jesus stopped. King James. Jesus stood still. They said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up. On your feet, he's calling you. Now look at verse 50. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. I, I, I don't think we fully understand the significance of that verse. Throwing his cloak aside, his cloak would have been a cam camel hair cloak. It would have been a, a cloak that he could wear in wet weather that would keep him dry and in hot weather would keep him cold. It was a common cloak that was worn by beggars. It was his identification badge. I am a blind beggar. My father's family is polluted and dirty and unclean. And I live in a cursed city. But he's called my name. 
Oh, I'm about to get excited here, Pastor. He's called my name. And the minute he heard his name called, he grabbed his cloak, his identification. This is who I am. This is who I am. I am this, this thing. The sign of a beggar. This is who I am. I am the son of a man whose family is polluted and dirty and nasty and I come from a cursed city. But he called my name and I'm getting rid of that old thing. I'm not going back to that anymore. I've been set free. My God has set me free. Come on. My God has given me a brand new start. My God has given me a brand new beginning. Oh, come on. Let's stand up and let's give the Lord some praise in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you are worthy, God. Oh, come on. Give him the praise. Give him the thanks. Worship him. He's an awesome God. He is a hope-giving God. He is a mighty God. He is a faithful God. Oh, you are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. Worthy of the praise. Worthy of the glory. Oh, we bless your name, the name that is above every name. We bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. Hallelujah. We've prayed tonight. We've brought all kinds of needs before the Lord tonight. But I'm sensing that there are people in this room tonight. You have needs in your own life. And you have been so gracious, so thoughtful to pray for one another. And to pray with others. I'm going to ask you right now. I don't don't know if you do this, Pastor. But I'm, I'm going to ask right now all over this house. If you have a personal need and you want somebody to pray with you, I'm going to ask you to come and just fill this altar area right now. Just come, just come, just come. And I'm going to ask prayer warriors to come and surround them and begin. Let's begin to pray tonight in this place. Hope-filled prayers. Hope-filled prayers. Let's be honest before God. Let's be honest and say, God, this is what is going on in my life. Hope-filled prayers that says the crowd is not going to discourage me. I'm not going to be stopped. I'm not going to be held back. Hope-filled prayers that cause the King of Kings to hear the cry of your heart. Hope-filled prayers tonight. There's no turning back. There's no going back to that stuff. We are going forward in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we stretch out our hands even as they, Lord God are overseeing 300 churches. God, we pray that you would pour out a double portion of your spirit, O oh God, into their lives and their ministry. Thank you for bringing the word of the Lord to our church through them, O oh God. Bless them and continue to make them a blessing, we pray. Thank you for this wonderful night in your presence. We love you and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said... Come on, let's give God one more hand of praise.